Welcome to the documentary from the BBC World Service, where we report the world, however difficult the issue, however hard to reach. Podcasts from the BBC World Service are supported by advertising. In a world where change is constant, it pays to look beyond your borders. The Financial Times offers a global perspective to give you a deeper understanding of international markets and emerging trends. Broaden your horizons and widen your influence. Fearlessly pink. The Financial Times. Read more at ft.com slash fearless. In 1969, a plan to show support for an anti-racism protest turned the lives of 14 promising black student-athletes upside down. Amazing Sports Stories from the BBC World Service tells their story. Search for Amazing Sports Stories wherever you get your BBC podcasts. It all began with a 49-second audio clip which sounded a lot like the mayor of Mexico City. Y no me malentiendas, por favor, no es que no quiera hacerle caso a la jefa. It sparked a debate about whether what you just heard is real or fake, and whether a new law should be introduced to control the spread of AI-generated content in Mexico. That's how the editorial team sort of decided to prioritize it, because it was going viral at the time, and it had a big impact on the political context of this ongoing electoral process. Many people start to believe that it was leaked from the inside. It was an inside job. I'm Jack Goodman, and in this episode of the documentary from BBC Trending, I'll be trying to establish the truth behind an audio deepfake scandal. The ability today to synthesize highly realistic human voice is really impressive. And if we were having this conversation a year ago, I would have told you, yeah, you can't do that. You can't clone a person's voice that realistically. I'll be speaking to one of the world's leading experts in detecting fake content created using artificial intelligence or AI. What can we learn from him about the developments and stumbling blocks within this emerging field? And what could all this mean for the coming year, when about half of the world's adults will be heading to the polls in elections, including in India, the US and Mexico? It's a big year for elections. It's also a big year for generative AI. This is the perfect storm. It's hard to believe right now who's saying the truth and who's saying lies. Carlos Pina is a disinformation researcher based in Mexico City. At around 10pm on the 31st of October, he was browsing social media and came across what purports to be a leaked recording of the mayor of Mexico City. My insight was, OK, this is something weird, it sounds real, it sounds something important for Mexico. The clip made it sound like the mayor was secretly planning to undermine one candidate in favour of another. They would become the party's nominee to contest the 2024 election to succeed him as the mayor of Mexico City. Soon after it went viral, the mayor, Marty Batres, responded on X, formerly known as Twitter. I have never made such claims. It is produced with artificial intelligence. It's not real. Before going any further, I needed to find out exactly what the recording says. So I spoke to Laura Garcia, a Mexican journalist at BBC Mundo, I asked her what was being said in the audio clip and the context in which it appeared. 
So the content of the audio is about what was happening inside one political party and their process to choose who would run to replace the mayor of Mexico City in the upcoming elections. And that job, mayor of Mexico City, is a very important one. It's the capital of the country and where a lot of political and financial interests are. The audio allegedly shows the current mayor, a man called Marti Batres, organizing some kind of operation to tip the scales of his party's primary process in favor of one of the candidates, a woman called Clara Brugada, against the other candidate, a man called Omar Harfush. And that's not all. The voice in the audio also implies that several journalists are part of this operation. And does it sound like him? I went back and listened to a bunch of interviews that the mayor of Mexico has done and tried to kind of paint a picture in my head of what his voice is like and then listened to the audio again to try and see if these two match up, right? And he is a man that speaks with a lot of pauses, like a lot of politicians do for effect. And you can hear that in the audio as well. He has a very gentle Mexico City accent in real life and in the audio as well. But neither of those things necessarily tell you anything about it other than what a good voice actor or a voice imitator or a comedian can do. Mexico runs on WhatsApp. Basically, everything and anything and many comms are done on the app, and it's a very important place of business for a lot of people. So the idea that a voice note would be the way to get organized is completely credible to me within the cultural context of how technology is used in Mexico. I was, however, a little bit surprised at how well-structured the message is. Like, it has a beginning, a middle, and an end, names a bunch of people. And I don't know about you, but my voice notes tend to be way more rambly and less organized. The mayor made this a national story by proposing a law to fight AI disinformation. The so-called Batres law would threaten time in prison for those caught modifying a person's voice with artificial intelligence and claiming it's real. We contacted Marty Batres to ask about this new law and the audio clip more generally. His office directed us to a recording of a press conference where the mayor said the recording was fake. At the same event, a government official gave a demonstration cloning the mayor's voice to show how quickly it could be done. But they also acknowledged the challenges of verifying audio clips. We also contacted both politicians mentioned in the recording, but we haven't heard back from them. But both have publicly stated the audio was fabricated. 2024 is a huge electoral year for Mexico. The law itself for now is just a proposal. It's one of many things on the legislative agenda. And it also duplicates things that are already part of the law, like impersonating someone or defaming someone. But it does shine a spotlight specifically on AI and the consequences it can have. Carlos says he can't prove whether the audio is real or not. But to him, some of the content is plausible. After all, he points out... The candidate that the mayor was supposedly supporting in the clip was ultimately selected as the nominee. And that's the point and that's the reason many people start to believe that it was leaked from the inside. It was an inside job from the rural party here in Mexico. Was the mayor claiming the audio was AI generated to cover up a genuine leak? I've got evidence that points in the other direction. We'll come to that in a bit. First, I wanted to know where the clip came from. Many people, especially verified accounts of political commentators, journalists, and those opposing the affected party started sharing it. This is Regina Lopez Puerta from the news website Animal Politico. She's a verification specialist, one of the few in Mexico. Every day her team fact-check claims and track where they spread online. They're on the front line of fighting disinformation. They often need to react quickly. So when the name of the mayor started trending on social media, they started working. 
that's how the editorial team sort of decided to prioritize it because it was going viral at the time and it had a big impact on the political context of this ongoing electoral process. The first step is getting to the possible source. So the oldest record of the audio that we found was shared on Facebook and TikTok on Tuesday, October 31st at 5.40 p.m. by the account Chilango Noticias MX. It went viral. Chilango is the name of a famous magazine about Mexico City, but this account was different and created very recently. Despite appearing to be a news site, the Facebook page was marked as entertainment. Both the Chilango Noticias website and Facebook page had been created on the 5th of October, a few weeks before the audio started circulating. So it looks like the audio was being pushed out by an outfit using the Chilango name to give it some credibility. There was something else suspicious about this particular account. Weeks earlier, Chilango Noticias had also shared this other presumably false audio by another Mexican politician. So this account had previously posted another recording that the verification team at Animal Politico believed was fake. We also know the Facebook page paid a small sum for adverts to spread the clip of the mayor. Was this imposter Chilangos Noticias page the original source of the clip? We don't know for sure, but it's quite telling that they shared it first and were spending money to promote it. There's a phone number linked to the website. We called it, but the call went straight to an automated voicemail. Regina and her colleagues spoke to experts in audio and in AI and experimented with different tools that claimed to reveal if the voice is AI or not, but their verdict back then was inconclusive. In fact, everyone seemed to be trying to verify the clip. People were testing the audio themselves, but nobody could tell how reliable any of these AI detection apps were. This worries Regina. That it's really easy to say when something is false, when it isn't, or saying that it's true when in reality it's false. We have no certainties, and a lot of people might think that digital tools are the answer, but honestly, they're just a small piece in this whole puzzle. Carlos, the journalist we spoke to earlier, ran the audio through an app called AI Voice Detector, which claims it can detect if audio is generated by AI or a real human using algorithms which take into account things such as pitch, tone and inflection. The app returned a 90% chance the audio was real. Despite this, he told me that he isn't convinced this type of technology could be trusted to have the answer. In an effort to go further and find out if the audio was real, we contacted a number of computer science professors working in some of the world's leading institutions and were pointed towards one academic in particular, Professor Hani Farid, an expert in deepfake technology at the University of California, Berkeley. Professor Farid's team has created software that analyzes different aspects of a piece of audio to check if it's real or not. One model looks at how realistically sentences are delivered, like the pauses between words, and another analyzes the high-frequency noise pattern. I have a few audio clips that you sent to me, and when I run this purported audio of the mayor of Mexico, there's three models, and every single one of them comes back with a fairly strong reliability to be fake, fake, fake. All three models. The models are not perfect, but are giving a pretty clear answer. The audio isn't real. But some sceptics said you could hear the mayor breathing. Generative AI can't reproduce this effect so well. Or at least it couldn't. If we were having this conversation six months ago, I would have told you we never hear breath in AI-generated voices. 
And that was true. And that now has been fixed. But it's not perfect. They don't get it exactly with the right cadence and the right length. And so what's happening is lots of the things that we would have noticed perceptually are getting fixed by the AI generation. So, I mean, you've come back with quite a kind of um, a fairly clear result, but it still seems really difficult to verify. 100%. It's difficult for a couple of reasons. One is it's difficult to authenticate. Just technically, it's very difficult. But it's also difficult because of the speed and the scale at which the internet moves. So by the time we come back and do our due diligence and figure out what's going on, most people have moved on. And in many cases, the damage has been done. Imagine, by the way, this is 48 hours before an election. A bunch of fake stuff gets out there. People start voting. By the time you and I have this conversation, it doesn't matter if we've debunked it. The damage has already been done. So are there clear-cut ways that we can go about establishing whether something is authentic or not? Here's what I'd like to be able to tell you. I'd like to be able to tell you, oh, we can tell that the pauses between words are too consistent or too inconsistent. We can tell you that the pronunciation of this particular word is not plausible. That would what we would call a fully explainable model. But we can't do that. And so we, I can give you some rough guidelines on how these things work. Hanny says his tools, whilst helpful in distinguishing whether something is authentic, aren't perfect. He said it also really helps to have a native speaker in the room. I want to emphasize here that while the computational tools are very valuable and they have to be part of any portfolio for analyzing audio, having a human in the loop who in particular speaks the language and in particular speaks the dialect is absolutely invaluable. Algorithms are generally trained on more data in English. We wanted to test Hani's model with a genuine piece of audio in Spanish. So I asked Laura to record her own version of the mayor's recording. Y no me malentiendas, por favor. No es que no quiera hacerle caso a la jefa, eh? So Laura, you know that we sent the version that you made of the mayor's uh, voice note or piece of audio. And two out of the three of Professor Farid's models thought that it was a real piece of audio. And the third actually thought that the voice was ambiguous. What, is uh, amb what does that mean? <laughs> I'm not really sure either, but I guess it shows that one third of the tests weren't as confident that you were real. I don't know what you think about that. I'm, not, I'm actually not sure what to make of that. What about the other model? Because I know you sent it to two places, right? Yeah, I sent it to a commercial provider and part of their analysis thought that your voice was likely a fake. Oh, that didn't help at all. <laughs> So, yeah, I guess that leaves us with um, a real difference of opinion on something that you actually recorded yourself. Well, and um, then there's the case of like when you use publicly available verifying tools online, the results vary even more. Mm -hmm. If anything, it makes the work of journalists who do verification more important than ever because they'll be looking at the context, the claims, the people doing real digging beyond just uploading an audio to a website and waiting for a number on a screen to tell them whether it's true or not. Why would someone create a fake piece of audio like this? It looks like the target were politicians, but they weren't the only ones who got swept up in this. The audio clip also mentioned some specific journalists and implied they were somehow involved in the campaign to help Clara Brugada win the selection process, but there is no evidence to suggest this was the case. I asked Regina if she was worried about new technology being used to attack those working in her profession. Such audios add to the tools used to undermine the press and the media in the country, which is very concerning for us. 
My BBC Mundo colleague Laura Garcia has been looking at the reaction to the clip online. There was a lot of criticism of all the names of people supposedly in on this plan. But there was also a clear difference in the comments about the women mentioned in the audio compared to the men. It was quite nasty and misogynistic. It's important to say as well that all the journalists have rejected the accusation of any involvement in the clip and the claims it makes. Is it quite common for female journalists in Mexico to be attacked in this way online? So being a journalist in Mexico, whether you're a man or a woman, is actually a really hard job to do. It's one of the unsafest countries in the world to do the profession that you and I do. But it's especially hard for women because it can very quickly cross that line into what is basically sexual abuse online. And looking at the kind of replies that these journalists got online after the audio came out, Apart from claiming that they were doing X or Y, depending on the audio, they were very quickly sending threats or very awful descriptions of what they would do to them, that they were of a sexual nature, or calling them basically sex workers for X or Y actor. And I guess if we're thinking about Mexico and disinformation, you've covered disinformation at Mexico elections in years gone by. Um, what are the types of things that you have seen or might expect to see this time around? So the last time we had a presidential election, my job was covering disinformation. So I had a chance to really look at it in depth. And what surprised me wasn't necessarily that there was really sophisticated stuff. It was just how much of it there is, the volume of it that makes it actually quite hard for normal voters to then decide what is real or what it isn't without doing the work that you and I do, which is really time and resource intensive, right? We set out in this episode to see how far we could go in answering the question of whether the audio of Mexico's mayor was AI generated or not. I think it's fair to say that there are many signs pointing to it being fake, such as the bogus Chilango website pushing it out, and the consistent results received across all three of Hani's AI detection models. But what I was also struck by was the varying degrees of uncertainty that still exists when it comes to AI detection, and how this uncertainty may only increase as deepfake technology becomes better. Mexico is one of multiple places that will be holding elections this coming year, and the rapid development of deepfake technology combined with the ability of social media to broadcast this kind of content to millions, begs the question of whether, in Mexico and beyond, we're heading for trouble. Here's Hani again. It's a big year for elections. It's also a big year for generative AI. This is the perfect storm. On a daily basis, I get images, audio and video from around the world purporting to show politicians saying and doing things. We are seeing it in Europe. We are seeing it in Asia. We are seeing it in South and Central America. And we're seeing it here in the U.S. in our upcoming national election. So do I think that this could change an election? Sure, absolutely. That's it for this episode of the documentary from BBC Trending. Thanks for listening. I'm Jack Goodman, and my thanks to Laura Garcia from BBC Mundo and producer Kayleen Devlin. The programme was mixed by Hal Haynes, and our editor is Flora Carmichael. Thank you for listening. Remember, BBC Trending has a podcast. Find us wherever you get yours, and you won't miss a single edition. Before we go... Here's another podcast you might want to try. Who were the Black 14? 14 football players who were at the University of Wyoming in 1969. 14 student athletes who paid a heavy price for planning a show of support against racism. It hit the campus like wildfire. 
Some of them was getting death threats. Amazing sports stories from the BBC World Service tells their story. It was a complete surprise that he kicked us off the team. What are we going to do with our lives? How are we going to get our degrees? Search for Amazing Sports Stories wherever you get your BBC podcasts. In a world that doesn't pause, catching up isn't enough. The Financial Times keeps you one step ahead in your life and career. With breaking news, detailed analysis, and a deep understanding of the global economy. Don't just keep pace, set the pace. Fearlessly Pink. The Financial Times. Read more at ft.com/fearless.